Hello? No, hello. How have you been? I've missed you. And you okay? I I will be. It, it was patch. I know, I know, but yeah. just, just promise me it'll never happen again. I'll try. Well, they, it wasn't always my fault. It's, sometimes you were you were too tired. Sometimes I know, I know. Sometimes it's my it's always my fault. I've walked, I fall down the stairs sometimes. I know. I'm so I'm so clumsy. I'm so sorry. Well, it, it is good to be back here on MMA and stuff on halfguarded.com. My name is Matt, and that is Mike. Uh, this is the first show we've done in a, a few weeks together. This is probably the longest spell we haven't done a show um, combined in a couple of years, probably, I'm guessing. We've been doing this shit a while now. Yeah. But, uh, we're back. Luckily, it, it was slower news the last couple of weeks as far as MMA goes. There weren't a lot of shows. Um end of the summer you know there's not a lot going on i think even joe rogan was on vacation while our sabbatical was going on but we are back uh this past weekend uh there were two shows that no one cared about uh one was bellator 204 i cared in, did you it was in sioux falls i know you like that neck of the woods well i i like it in the way that a moth likes the flame i have no choice okay uh, Interesting. You're yeah. just drawn to it. Yes, it's just part of my nature. I uh, I am very mothy these days. You know, most people when they meet me, they go, eh, "You're very uh, very flame uh, attractive, aren't you?" Anyways, uh, yeah, no. Um, this show is only something to me because I watched Conor McGregor's little buddy get knocked out and that by was a funny. by a super kick, and then I tweeted about it, and the dude that knocked him out found the tweet and liked it. That's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah so th- th- this show uh, was headlined by Darian Caldwell defeating Noad Lahat by knockout. Caldwell is Bellator's bantamweight champ, but he moved up to featherweight in this one. So it was a non-title fight. Uh, looked good. Be- beat the crap out of the guy on the ground, I think, if memory serves me. Logan Storley, who's like a really good NCAA wrestler, had a TKO win in the second round. And then the fight that probably got the most play was this one you were talking about where Ricky Bondejas defeated James Gallagher. Um, Gallagher, I believe, typically fought at 145 and moved down to 135 for this fight. So it was his first time fighting at bantamweight. And um, he was talking a lot of shit leading up to the fight, got in this guy's face like as he entered the cage, got right up, raised his arms, was yelling at the guy. And then just proceeded to get his ass kicked and got knocked out in 249 of the first. Fucking it was awesome. It was hilarious. It was like everything. It was everything that uh, the people that hate Conor McGregor dreamed would have happened with the Jose Aldo fight or something. It right. was just, he just came out there. I'm watching this guy just now. And he'd been on a 14 month layoff. And like, they're talking about like his most dangerous part of his game is, is, is the ground. And you know, given that he's not American, good luck, buddy. But yeah. <laughs> I uh, he just I mean, wow! He was like at all the um, all the annoyance of Conor McGregor and none of the likability. Just I just saw this kid. I'm just like, <laughs> holy shit! Like he's so soft and like almost skinny fat, even though he's 135 pounds and such a prick. He's like walking in the middle of the cage, raising his arms out. And he just kept saying over and over again, "You're fucked. You're fucked. You're fucked." I'm like, what the fuck? Like, all right, like, you know. It's cage fighting. 
different types of people. But, man, you better put up or shut up, especially given that he's a grappler more than a striker. I always feel like grapplers in particular should be a little more reserved in their, in their bravado because the nature of grappling is more cerebral as opposed to the instinctive, violent nature of, uh, of striking. And so I feel this man's uh, overabundance of uh, confidence probably was masking the shame he felt at uh, still living in a shithole like Ireland. Yeah, I, I don't really believe in karma, but when I see things like this happen, <laughs> it, I, I doubt my beliefs. Uh, in the opener, a guy named Taiwan Claxton defeated Chris Lacione. Yeah. Um, Claxton, I think, had like a, like he debuted in Bellator with like this huge like flying knee win, and that's probably why he was on this card. He won this fight by decision, kind of nondescript. And that is your Bellator 204 review. Uh, there was also a PFL show this oh, shit. Uh, yeah. past week. This was number six for uh, the guys with the chalkboard over there. Uh, in the main event, Ray Cooper the third defeated Pavlo Kush via TKO at 18 seconds of the first round. Ooh, that's big for him. I mean, he's going to get a lot of points for the tournament, that means. Ooh. Cooper is now uh, the top-ranked welterweight yeah. in the tourney. He was coming off that win uh, where he avenged his father's loss <laughs> against Jake Shields. Uh, so Cooper's uh, the top-ranked guy. He, he, he hits hard. I, I don't know really how good he is, but he packs a powerful punch. Uh, we also had Magomed Magomed Karimov. Come on. You're making this up. That I'm just reading the results here. Come on, Dagestan. Get your that- shit together. That was a unanimous decision win. We also had a uh, two-time gold medal winner in judo in the Olympics, Kayla Harrison, defeating Josette Cotton, who I know Mike uh, took a liking to on the last show we did together. She won uh, by TKO at 124 of the third round, um, so not quite the the quick win she had in her first fight, but um, she got some striking in, got some rounds in under her belt. She was never in danger at all. Um, kind of got takedowns when she felt like it. And, I mean, Josette Cotton was just ridiculously outmatched here in this one. Well, she is fighting the uh, probably the greatest 155-pound women's fighter of all time in Kayla Harrison. So. Harrison has talked of trying to get down to 145. She is very anti-weight cutting, though. She apparently walks around at, like, 160, um, which... Cyborg walks around at like 185, (laughs) 190. Um, So for her to cut to 145 doesn't sound that uh, extreme, but she's got, it's like her, um, I don't know, her passion or whatever that she's anti weight cutting, doesn't believe in it, thinks it's unhealthy and wants to fight at her best and be at her best and won't cut weight. So she says she can get, do it, but she's not really in a rush. So I, I don't know who they're just going to keep giving her. Um, I don't know who to fight there. There's not a lot of 155 pound women out there to fight Kayla Harrison. Well, there's not a, there's zero 145 pound women to fight period. And that didn't stop them from creating a fucking championship for her. So I think Kayla, is learning the lessons of Cyborg. She's just saying, well, I'm not going to cut the weight. They're going to give me a belt. You know right. they're going to give her a belt. Yeah, I guarantee you, within two years, there's a 155-pound championship in the UFC for women. It's just so stupid. And there probably wouldn't even be a 145-pound champion at that time, probably not even 135. There'd just be like 
uh, Paige Van Zandt, and Kayla Harrison. That'd be good. They could do a super fight, maybe. Yeah, and whoever uh, and Nico Montano will somehow still be flyweight champion. Uh, we also had Abu Bakar Nalmagomedov defeating Jonathan Weston via unanimous decision. I saw that fight. You did? Oh my gosh! Because like, I saw you know you see the name Nurmagomedov. I'm like, all right, you know, I've seen I haven't seen like lay and pray like this in so long. Huh. I, it, it was really weird. It was weird in the sense that. I couldn't believe the judge, the ref, the ref let it go on because Mega Medoff just got on top and he didn't do shit. He just laid there. He buried his head in the chest. This looked like Mark Kerr in his prime. It was bad. <laughs> Joa Zeffirino defeated Yuri Villafort via submission. Uh, on the undercard, Rick Story won. Jake Shields won. Uh, and that was PFL number six. Moving along, um, what else is going on? Oh, UFC 229 looks like it has sold out and will be the second largest gate in history. That is the show headlined by Khabib and Conor McGregor. Do you find this surprising? Well, I mean, we've, we haven't really seen if people are willing to support Conor McGregor live and in person yet, so I guess that's uh... – yeah, no, I figured this is pretty good. I mean, look, they got a, they got a. Wait, I can come up with a better joke. That was, that was a bad one. Um, they got to funnel all that uh, sanctioned money somehow f- through Russia. So here you go. Yeah, that's better. Can, so we we know the biggest gate ever was for UFC 205. That was McGregor and Eddie Alvarez at MSG, the debut show in New York City. That did 17.7 million. Can you tell me what was second best before um, this Khabib fight? Uh, I want to say that there's some. I remember there was like an eleven million dollar gate or something like that, maybe ten. I'm gonna say the uh, GSP Jake Shields fight. Yeah, you damn, two twenty nine, twelve million dollars, twelve million. Fuck, I'm a genius, man. It's it's hard to be humble when you're this goddamn beautiful. Yeah, I mean it's it's a useful talent to have. Yeah, it's gotten me very far in life. Like going places. What well, was so good about your day yesterday? You said it was like the best day of your life. Oh, just personal things. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so it came out like last week that um, John Jones had not been tested by USADA once in 2018. Uh, you can go online and look at everyone who's been tested. Uh, apparently he was tested last week though. So some people are taking that to mean John Jones could be returning to competition soon. Uh, my question to you, Mr. Coughlin is why would someone who has multiple drug test failures in the UFC not be tested for almost 10 months? I guess it's probably like if you have been arrested and charged with say, Maybe you've been convicted even of campaign finance fraud, right? <laughs> so, like, you've been found guilty of hiding money to pay off whores. Well, just uh, hypothetically. Okay. And so, 
once you're guilty of it, they probably figure they don't need to keep looking if you're paying off more whores. Now, it's probably a good idea because you know there's plenty of more whores to pay off. But you kind of probably figure, eh, we already got them on these whores, so we don't need to get the other ones. Gotcha. What um, what do you think is going to happen there with President Trump? You you think he's going like, is anything going to happen to Trump? No, no, no. I, I think he takes some hits politically. Uh, you know, the Republican Republicans probably lose some seats and things like that. But as far as Trump himself, he is an anomaly that does he exists outside the normal space time continuum. Nothing affects him. Nothing ever goes the way it should with him. It's just like he's going to probably end up winning re-election in 2020. I don't know. I really, I genuinely am trying to figure out how, but it's going to happen because I've learned the lessons of Trump, and that's he always wins. Can you always win, though? That, like, yeah, you can. If you're a billionaire married to a supermodel and you're president, you always win. Okay. That There's no more winning than that. I don't know what else he could do to win. I mean – Besides not go to jail. Like, that's, that's a good one. Right. But, I mean, obviously we don't know because we're us. But you, you don't think that any of this will get back to him or be tied in with him or any of this, the, the Mueller investigation, any of that stuff? Nothing's going to come, come of it? Even if, even if they do tie it to something, whatever it is, it's not going to stick. It's going to be like all this stuff is – I don't think anybody cares like I think yeah. you're like your average person here's like campaign finance and like it all because what's the real story? He paid off some playmates and didn't report it correctly or whatever. Like I don't think anyone's going to care about Trump with that. And as far as like the Russian stuff, I suspect there's just never going to be. I don't think there's going to be anything that satisfies people. I, I think it short like anything short of like the email from Putin to Trump saying, "Hey, I've got this videotape of you. Do what I say." people are going to be disappointed. I don't, I don't think that Mueller's going to indict the president. I think he takes some hits. Maybe he doesn't get reelected. I, he might get impeached. I don't think he's convicted in the Senate, but because uh, I think it'll just take too long. But yeah. uh, most likely is he just doesn't run again in 2020. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Brendan Schaub had uh, some disdain for you. You saw his work here with John Jones. Uh, I always like to get Schaub's opinion on things because he's so well informed. He's a smart he said, man. Ken, again, I tell you guys this all the time. If you think USADA's organization is the end all be all and is the goody two shoes of the world when it comes to drug testing, you're fooling yourself. A man who has been notoriously known for failing drug tests gets tested once. I've always been ugh, I've always been skeptical of USADA. Always. Of course, Cormier is going to pass the test. Of course, they have to test the athletes. Of course, they have to test certain guys. But does no one kind find it kind of sketchy that the guy who we know 100% is going to pass the test gets tested more than the guy who's known for failing tests? And I'm not even a conspiracy theory guy, but does no one think this is fucking strange? How crazy is that? It would be weirder to me if John Jones was active, but he's not. Like, he's under suspension already. They're investigating. Like... He's been caught. He's going to get in trouble for it. He's not fighting. He's not training to fight. Like, honestly, if he's doing any drugs right now, who gives a shit? It's not doing it. Like, I really, I care most about the in-competition stuff. And, and by in-competition, I, I would be fine, like, six months out from, like, what you think a fight might be. But right now, I don't know, if you're USADA, why would you test him? 
Like, who cares? He's not do. He's not fighting. He's not even part of the company, really. Yeah, I, I think it's just the appearance. Oh, it's like, it looks yeah. kind of weird, but eh, I'm sure. In the same time frame, DC was tested eleven times. He also had like three fights. Mm. Yeah, I get it. But I mean, let's just say Jones was juice in the last six months like crazy, doing whatever. It's like that that can have positive benefits down the road for him too. It's like Oh sure. And, but... and that, I mean that's the idea with Lesnar too. He's gonna get back in the testing pool for six months to make sure he has nothing in his system before they let him fight again. Um which I guess will probably happen with Jones eventually too if they um went <laughs> by the way, when's that decision coming down? He was suspended over thirteen months ago. There's yeah. still no word on what's going to happen to it. <laughs> this thing is so stupid. It, it, it is. It's just stupid. I mean, it's weird. Like, Brennan Schaub is complaining. Like, you saw it. Look at Obviously, it's corrupt. They're going out of their way to not test the big, you know. Like, I get what he's alleging, that the UFC, USADA, whatever, want to protect the top draws or whatever. Fine. I would agree with you, except for John Jones is being suspended right now. He can't fight. You know, Brock Lesnar was suspended. Brock Lesnar cannot fight right now because of his suspension. They actually are punishing real, like, real names. This John Jones one, that's a big deal. So, like, I, 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 mean, I have a lot of problems with USADA. I don't think they're all that great either. But they're clearly, look, they're taking, they've taken down major names. And I've never seen – you don't see that in any other sport. Right. Like, Ever like the right. the guy, like you hear oh Roger Clemens name you hear these names linked but not I've never heard of a major star failing a drug test in another sport ever I've never like have you ever heard of a single basketball player ever failing a drug test I mean baseball right like Manny and stuff guys yeah pop. I guess baseball had some of them yeah but uh, even then like you don't see like Bryce Harper or Mike Trout or any of these guys right now like and maybe they're all clean but you know in, in football. Anybody in the world ever think Tom Brady is going to test positive for something? I, I mean, especially not, especially not in the page. Yeah, you would, you motherfuckers. I mean, the rest of us know how how much uh, the the NFL protects the Patriots. You see, yes, except for Wes Welker and Aaron. They didn't protect Aaron Hernandez very well, didn't they? I mean, they protected his secret. Did you hear? Do you ever hear about Spygate or deflating footballs? Yeah, I heard that uh, your quarterback's I, a cheat. Yeah, you got suspended for four games because a guy let out air out of a ball. No, he gets suspended four games because he's a cheat and he's dishonest, and uh, he's kind of and, he, and he, he's a I don't, cheat. I don't disagree with that fully, but I wouldn't say the NFL favors them because they've lost like tons of draft picks and all sorts of shit for stuff that is kind of. Not that serious. Um, I, I think it makes more sense to say that the NFL favors them than to believe that uh, Pete Carroll intentionally made that play call. <laughs> okay. Um, also, fire can't melt steel. So there's good news and bad news for Amanda Nunes. What, what, I, I'm going to tell you the two stories, and you tell me which one you think is the good news, <laughs> and you tell me which one you think is the bad news, Boy, okay? To, to be a 135-pound lesbian Brazilian fighter, is your life is such that when people are like, I'm going to give you two stories, and we don't really know which one is good or bad for you. One, first story is number one here. 
she announced that she has gotten engaged to fellow UFC fighter Nina Ansaroth. So okay. that's one. And story number two about her today. Oh, no. He has signed to meet Cyborg Chris Justino on, at UFC 232 in Las Vegas on December 29th. Huh. Well, let's see. I disagree with both of those decisions on her part. <laughs> now, now that one of those sounds like this is going to end up well for her, I think she's probably going to uh, take a beating in both of them at the end of the day when it's all said and done. Uh, her life will be shortened because of both those uh, decisions. And uh, funny how the one decision will ultimately cost her all the money that she might make in the other decision. <laughs> Yeah. It's a hell of a yeah. week, though. There's a weird uh, Instagram pics of her with, like, a engagement ring on, but she's, like, covering her face. It's really odd. So Nina proposed to her. The bantamweight – no. The women's bantamweight champion proposed to fellow UFC fighter Nina Ansaroff over the weekend, and the two announced their engagement via their respective social media accounts. But – Unless that's Nina's hand over her face. I'm not sure. Maybe Nina, they both get rings? I don't know. Hey, gay people, you got to figure this out. You got to come up with something. Whatever it is, I'm cool with it. Just make it something universal. The straight, we figured it out. We got a system. You need a system too. I want to know how this works. I don't care what it is. Just something. Huh. Nunez's Instagram. What a loser I am. Nunez's Instagram says hashtag she said yes, while Ansaroff's Instagram says I said yes with a hashtag. Huh. So I guess that answers that. They've been engaged four days at this point. Well, it's all downhill from here. You know, one day you're getting engaged, the next day uh, you're watching the woman of your dreams get beat up by somebody who has so much drugs in her system that uh, famous drug users are appalled. Yeah, the, I hope the wedding's not like in January or February because I have a feeling that um, Nunez won't look very good in the photo pics. Yeah, I mean, um, a little makeup. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. You know what? You know what um, Nunez and Ansaroff don't have to worry about? Pregnancy? Getting their nut sacks ripped in half. What? <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. I hope that's true for... I hope that's true of everybody in the world. Like, everyone in the world should... No one in the world should have the fear of their nut sack getting ripped in half. We should, I want to live in a world where nobody fears their nut sack getting ripped in half. Like, we have a lot of problems in the world. We have you know, religious fanaticism, global warming, the market economy on the brink. But let's just start with not ripping ball sacks in two. UFC fighter Bryce Mitchell has suffered an injury that will make even the bravest man squirm in discomfort. The undefeated Arkansas featherweight recently suffered a torn scrotum (gasps) while working with a board and a drill. (gasps) What? What? Yeah. Oh, it's got even worse. He posted this on Twitter. So I was going to train today, but I ripped my nutsack in half. I'm about to get stitched up. I was holding the board over my head with a drill in my pants. I was sizing up the board and the drill went off and tangled my nuts up in it. I dropped the board and reversed the drill and untangled my nutsack, but they was ripped in half. I'm serious too. LOL. What? That's not laughable. 
That's not laughable. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. I obviously can't post a pick, but when my nuts are sealed back up, I'm going to come train again. I think a high kick would re-rip them. Ha <laughs> ha. And if I hear any shitty puns about how this whole, about this whole, this is nutty or screwed up, I ain't talked to you for about a month. If you're going to drop a pun to make fun of me, at least put some thought into it. There's no way he knows what a pun is. Apparently he does. I don't believe it. Somebody wrote that for him. I mean, this is a man that just ripped his nutsack in two with a drill. Although, I will say, I'm kind of impressed he had the wherewithal to reverse the drill in that situation. Yes. Because, like, I wouldn't, I don't know how I would react, but I feel like it would have just been some immediate rip it away motion or something. Oh, gosh, I can't even think about such a thing. I mean, oh, he's from Arkansas, too, so. I mean, he's probably not the first guy to rip his ball sack in Arkansas. <laughs> so he then posted a picture of his bloody underwear at the hospital. Oh. And that kind of got some shares and retweets or whatever. And then uh, me undies uh, encouraged <laughs> him to DM them. Um, and apparently he's going to get some free underwear or be like sponsored by them or something. Good for them. Smart marketing there. And, uh, you know, he's got he's, he's to make sure he gets the right kind of support from his underwear. Yeah, when he tweeted out the me undies thing, he wrote, "Look what you did for me, LOL. Thanks for caring so much about my nutsack, UFC fans." Yeah, someone's got to care about his balls, I guess. You know what's funny? I I guess he was on the Ultimate Fighter and like lost in the semis, and then was on like the finale show and won his fight. Never even heard of the guy, but now it's like Bryce Mitchell. I'm gonna know that name forever. And granted, it's not the best way to get your name out there. But this is going to get some publicity. This was even like on the New York Post. I want to say it was a viral story, but it caught a little bit of fire today. I'm amazed that a guy named Bryce is from Arkansas. Why? And Bryce is a very hipstery kind of like people that have read a book type of name. Huh. And like Arkansas is like the people that um, Alabamans look down at, look down on, and Alabamans wanted to put a a, a pedophile into office, so true. Uh, so th- there's this UFC lawsuit still ongoing. We haven't really talked Which about one? it a lot. Well, I, I think like the antitrust thing is still in effect. Oh, not not the not Mark Hunt's lawsuit, or <laughs> no, not that one. Um, so what one of the points being argued is whether or not fighter contracts that are used in the case would be sealed to the public. Um, the UFC managed to get one of the more well-known managers in the industry to go to bat for them instead of the athletes. Uh, my favorite manager, Ali Abdelaziz. Um, I wish he was white. <laughs> then, it would, then it would be as bad to just absolutely call the guy a scumbag, dishonest, untrustworthy piece of shit. Now it sounds like I just hate Muslims, but I don't even think he's a Muslim. I think he's just a tool. Yeah, I think he's from Egypt and well, I'm assuming weird not, weird ties. I assume he's not really like a religious person. Mm, uh, he claims to be. Uh, yeah. He had a declaration saying that if contract information went public, it would hurt the fighters and somehow give <sighs> the promoters a strategic advantage during negotiations. Uh, here's what wait Abdel's what? Is, he gonna, said that 
if the contracts get released, that gives the promoters an advantage? He wrote, the terms of fighters' contracts are typically subject to a confidentiality provision. Many of the fighters I represent, the confidentiality of these terms is very important. Many fighters do not want the terms of their contracts, including compensation and benefits, to be publicly disclosed. For some fighters, public disclosure of such information raises raises legitimate safety concerns for them and their families, including making them targets of kidnapping and extortion schemes. In addition to safety concerns, some of the fighters I represent have communicated to me the desire to keep their compensation benefits and obligations under the contract confidential for privacy and other reasons, including to avoid requests for money from friends and family. Public disclosure of the terms and compensation of fighters' agreements may also hinder me in obtaining the best possible deal for a fighter and give a strategic advantage to MMA promoters in negotiations with fighters, which may ultimately work to the detriment of the fighter. All right. A lot to unpack there. Um... (laughs) Okay. I can... I think I know what he's trying to go for here, which is... I need, I need. I think it's basically what he's saying is, I need Bellator to think that the UFC is paying these guys a lot more than they are, so I can get a better deal with them. That's got to be his argument. The one thing I was thinking about is all his like uh, Dagestani fighters and people from Chechnya. If it is known they are making a lot of money, they could be in danger when they go home. Oh, that I, was the only thing I could think of. That, honestly, that's fair, and that's probably fair of a lot of guys. Like in Brazil, probably I bet in Brazil is even worse than Dagestan, because like there's kind of like like an accepted kidnapping culture in South America. Um, so like there are legitimate reasons not to have their pay disclosed. I don't, I don't think pay should be disclosed. I think that, uh, you know, if if people want to tell you what they make, they they can, as a general public, we have no right to know what somebody's making. That's their private business. Um, the terms of the contract, I mean, for him to argue that is kind of weird. Like I understand the UFC wanting their contracts to be private. Um, usually managers, don't I mean? Generally, don't think... generally, the when everybody knows that the other guy's making their money goes up, right? If you look at real pro sports, baseball, football, basketball, um, it seems like the contracts are always going up and they're publicly disclosed. Like that has not hurt the earnings of professional athletes in any way. Although I guess it could be argued that MMA is a business is so unlike real sports. And it's much closer to like Hollywood. And I guess Hollywood stuff isn't actually publicly disclosed. Like we hear about what guys make, but I don't really actually know how much money Robert Downey Jr. makes when he does Avengers. I just know it's a lot. And it's enough that Johnny Depp, for instance, can spend like 30 grand a month on liquor. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just hard to negotiate for more money if you have no idea what anybody else makes. Yeah, again, it's a very, this is weird, just like, there's plenty of very good arguments to keep contracts private, you know, on policy grounds, all this stuff. Just him, though, like, you're an advocate. Generally, I mean, very rarely do you ever benefit by keeping this stuff I, I I don't know why he's really even talking. Like, who asked him? 
Like, who cares? I mean, I, look, actually, it's, it's a good get if you're the UFC. You'd be like, hey, even the guy who's paid to represent the fighters doesn't want this union to exist. Hmm, I wonder why. I wonder if the union would, like, a real union would take one look at uh, uh, Ali there and go, no, you are not going to be certified. Go back to uh, laundering money and paying Frankie Edgar to carry a weird fucking flag with me, you fucking dick. Ollie's such a scumbag, too. My gosh, what a piece of shit. I mean, the man is fucking publicly arguing against what, like, again, I don't agree with things from a policy standpoint, but as an attorney, as an advocate, fuck off, you piece of shit. Also, also, uh, go back to Africa. Hey, I can actually say that. He's from Africa. Egypt, yeah. Most people don't think of Egypt as Africa. Me neither, uh, but I, it is technically. Yes, it, it is part of that continent. Um, I also like how he gets in fights at PFL shows all the time. That's or, a good one. Or gets in Twitter spats with people, or or, or sends harassing letters to random fucking bars. Where he's yeah, like, where I'm, where it's very clear that he's just drunk and talking shit about something. This guy, why people? use him is beyond me other than he simply it shows the value of being first to the marketplace yeah he's got 50 fighters in the ufc now that's 10 percent of the roster what a fucking crime <laughs> this guy is so it's, it's he, so it's he's so gonna weird. Be worth millions he's gonna be worth millions of dollars though he has Probably. to yeah he has to yeah it's fucking crazy and uh i don't know here, I, here I don't, we are it, it, yeah. 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 Can't even get my laptop to work. Uh, speaking of scumbags, uh, Husmar Palharis is in the news again. He oh, missed, yes, he is. He missed weight by 18 pounds for a grappling bout. And it's not like he was so clearly on steroids from missing the weight, too. It's not like he's like, ah, oh, you know, maybe an injury. He's like, no, he's just big and jacked up. Like, he showed up to that with no intention of making weight. He just pulled a, uh, a Gabby Garcia. <laughs> He's the male version of her. Uh, he was set to headline uh, Kasai Pro 3's main event on August 18th. Paul Haros was originally slated to meet Jones at middleweight, uh, but he warned the promotion he was unable to make that weight. And the fight was moved to 200 pounds. <laughs> Husamar's opponent accepted the change and came in at 204. Pahars weighed in at 218. They, did they, I presumably, still grappled? Uh, I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, it's It's a weight disadvantage. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't be happy with it if I was a guy. But it's like in grappling tournaments. You know, it's it's tradition for open weight, and that's not like a crazy open weight difference. Let me see what happens. And it's here. not like these guys can really afford to say no to a payday. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Is it Kasai? Kasai. Uh, um, it sounds like it's uh, something. <laughs> that... Oh, no. Paul Harris spoiled one of the most anticipated matches of the year by doing almost nothing in an anticlimactic super fight against Craig Jones. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, so it's. Uh, Paul Harris was the boogeyman. He's 5'8", 218 pounds. <laughs> it's just ripped muscle. It's, just, it's, just, it's really, really weird. 
that Bra- we see this shit. And we're just like, Bra- yeah, okay. The Brazilian refused to get off his knees and sat in front of Jones for the full 15 minutes playing a defensive posture that offered zero opportunity for the Aussie submission specialist to attack. The problem was Paul Harris did nothing to advance position and offered nothing of note throughout the match. At one point, a voice in the crowd ordered Paul Harris to get off his knees. Such was the level of inactivity during the match. Jones took the win via penalty points accumulated against Paul Harris. It was the most undesired outcome possible. Yeah. It's just a grappling match. Like, what, what do you figure? 45, 50 people around the world give a shit? Like, whose day was really ruined by, oh boy, that uh, Paul Harris grappling match against the Australian guy. Damn, that didn't, uh, wasn't super exciting. They can just do it tomorrow. <laughs> it's not like it's a real fight. Wagner Rocha beat Marcin Held with a wrist lock in 20 seconds. Wagner Rocha is really good. Oh. <laughs> Marcin Held lost three matches and was the least successful fighter on the show. Maybe it's like a tournament. I don't know. <sighs> Tom Lawler was released by the UFC just before the expiration of his USADA suspension. Tom Lawler was still employed by the UFC. Yeah, he was suspended for two years because uh, he tested positive for something called Osterine. Um, the UFC, he asked for his release, but the UFC refused to release him. And then two months before he was going to be allowed to come back, having served his suspension, the UFC decided to release him. Yeah, dick move there. Real dick move by the UFC. Then again, it sounds like Tom Lawler's a bit of a dick himself. <laughs> He he had been with the UFC for ten fucking years. Ten yeah. ten years. How the fuck did Tom Lawler have a ten year career in the UFC? Well, he went long spans without like fighting at all. There is that. Yeah, that's true. It's easy to have a long career doing it. It's kind of like my baseball career has been going on for a long time now. I did like um, Lawler's weigh in stuff. Those were always good, and his entrances. Like he he, he had like. If he's fighting at light heavyweight, like granted he's at thirty five and not the greatest fighter in the world, but in a thin division, a guy with some personality gets a couple wins. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like what why would you cut somebody who actually has a little a little charisma when you're talking about a dearth of a division where your champion's fighting at heavyweight, your best fighter might not fight for a couple more years for all you know. And then after that, you've got a guy from Sweden. Probably because uh, all the negatives that a lot of those guys have, Tom Lawler also has with the two-year suspension for Osterine. Like, the, the thing about Lawler is he was a great undercard hand. He, right. never, he never seemed to show, like, the abilities to really get to the top level, which sure. I think is a fair assessment of his, uh, you know, shit-fighting skills. But he's also probably one of those guys where – I get the impression he's a pain in the ass. Yeah. You know, like he doesn't seem like he's a quite like a Josh Barnett type where not as good as Josh, but if you're the UFC, you're looking and you're going, you know, if you but like, you know, the difference between being a model employee and being uh Tom Waller. You know, if you're Chris Lytle, he probably got a lot of extra fights and although he's now fighting bare knuckle boxing, but whatever. <laughs> it's too bad that they just didn't release him initially. Yeah, it's like I, just, I, I could see him like going to rise and then coming out and acting like an idiot and, and making some waves and making a few bucks over there. 
You know what I mean? They they probably pay Tom Waller to go fight over there with his like wrestling background and his gimmick. I I could see that working. Well, he could have fought Ryzen anyways. You know, there's under contract to the UFC. I don't think Ryzen gives a shit about contracts. Yeah, but I don't know. Like they no, don't, no, they, no other UFC fighters got him fought in Ryzen. Well, they would all want to come back to the UFC, presumably. I don't think Tom Waller does. Mm. Also, uh, I the UFC it's a dick move. Like I, if they didn't want to release him because I thought they were going to use him again, that's fine. But if it sounds like they just kept him just to punish him, total dick move. Who cares? If Tom Waller, if he wants to leave your promotion. Let him go. In other pro wrestler MMA fighter news, uh, CM Punk is being sued by Colt Cabana for legal fees from the defamation lawsuit they won. Uh, I'm assuming you've heard about this. I heard something briefly about it, yeah. Cabana has filed a lawsuit for breach of contract and fraud in Cook County Circuit Court. The lawsuit claims that Punk promised to help Cabana pay for legal fees from the defamation lawsuit they won two months ago. In the lawsuit, Cabana claims Punk wrote in a text message that he would be 100% covered, but Punk has not delivered on that promise. Their unpaid legal bills total $513,000. However, Punk has asked Cabana to pay for half of those fees and said you are on your own, reports the Sun-Times. So were their total fees five hundred or just cabanas? Let me see here. Like is Punk paying half of Colts also in addition to his own? In the lawsuit, Cabana claims Punk wrote in a text message that he would be a hundred percent covered, but Punk has not delivered. Their unpaid legal bills total to five hundred and thirteen thousand. However, Punk asked Cabana to pay for half of those fees. Well, I mean, if there's a text message, it, possibly that problem is that that's going to be really, really difficult to enforce because it, it, imagine you're a judge. You want to order somebody to pay half a million dollars for anything based on a one-off text message? Like, right. There's a reason why we have what we call elements of a contract. You have to satisfy this there's got to be that like there's more than just i wrote you a text message generally it's what we call the meeting of the minds and did would anybody think that cm punk and cole cabana had agreed on something with that text message i don't know i mean depends on what the message says and how it was worded and what in their posture after that but um it's an uphill it's an uphill climb Uh, The lawsuit claims uh, Punk acted with fraud, malice, and oppression uh, towards Cabana with the deliberate intention of causing Cabana harm. That's where they're looking for punitive damages. I guess you could argue. I mean, eh, again, this seems like another one that will just should get settled or something. I guess Punk really, uh, he really pissed off Colt, didn't he? Like, he really did throw him under the bus and Shit, uh, Punk is. I get the impression that CM Punk kind of a jerk. You know what I think happened? If I had to guess, he got into it, wanted to fight it, and then the bills started racking up. And then it's going to trial, and they're paying more money and more money. And eventually, it's like, holy shit, my whole 
whatever nest egg or whatever you want to call it is like depleted at this point, even though I'm getting paid a half a mil by UFC, both, those, yeah. both those fights are gone. Yeah. The, the last four years I've worked and trained or whatever, and tried to make a run of it in the UFC, all that money's gone yeah. just to win it, just to win a, a, like a pissing contest, basically like it, it like it's weird. It's CM Punk in a nutshell. You know, yeah. just being a stubborn ass, not thinking it through, sticking to his stubbornness just to do it, and then kind of fucking people over. Yeah, it's kind of funny because in a way, like, I, I I, sort of respect it. Not what he did to Cabana, but, like, he believed something. He stuck up for yeah, it. That's he fine. fought for it. And it cost him a lot of money, but he has the satisfaction that he won. But at the same time, would I rather have half a million dollars and have lost that lawsuit? Maybe. <laughs> like I, I don't know. Um, what, what? Well, he could have lost a lot more if he lost. I, I guess it depends how much how much money is on the line. But um, it could have been more than half a million bucks. That's for sure. Maybe, maybe. Uh, look I, at this way. I'm sure it was. Otherwise, they would have settled. True. There would have been something. In, Although know, I can see Punk saying, "You know what? Fuck it. We're we're just going to go all the way with this." You know, I, yeah. I can see him being a dick and not wanting to settle. Yeah. The thing is, is it. So few people actually do that. Like lots right. of people talk about that. Like Donald right. Trump talks a big game and then they all settle. And the reason they settle is because, uh, you know, lawyers are risk averse creatures and everybody takes one in the hand versus two in the bush. And sometimes you want to put it in her bush, but you can't. And if you do, you get in trouble. And you can get sued, and people will use that against you because they'll point out that you're a doctor who was Grabby Hand's doctor. So maybe your reputation was all that damaged. Someone with a bad reputation is Ronda Rousey. She was at SummerSlam this past weekend. She defeated Alexa Bliss to become the Women's Raw champion. Oh, good for her. Finally got that win she's needed to get back. Like this is her first win, I think, in a while, isn't it? No, I I, I think she hasn't lost yet in WWE, but it's her first championship in a while. Yeah, well, yeah, she's been without. I mean, look in Ronda's world, the only wins and losses that exist are championship fights. Of course, the rest of them are just training. Did you watch any of SummerSlam? Uh, I watched some of it. Okay. Um, I think. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I did watch some of it. I watched uh, Brock lose. Oh, right. He looked um, smaller. Yeah, I, I noticed that for sure. His arms. He also looks old. I feel yeah. like he's aging rapidly. I feel like um, whatever he does when he's not being tested by USADA makes him look bigger and younger. Well, it's, it's probably just that that pro wrestling lifestyle is so much better for you. And so, you know, when he's, when he's, now when he's getting back to being a fighter, he looks unhealthy. I have an idea. I bet the diverticulitis is flaring up again. It could, it could happen. It's very, it's known to, uh, well, a lot of people don't know that uh, popcorn is a very important part of uh, a high level athlete's diet. And yeah, so he, if you're Brock. Yeah, he can't have any, eat any nuts or seeds like poppy seed bagels or, you know, macadamia nuts. We yes. mock, but Brock suffers. Actually, he probably really did suffer. Like, it probably really was horrible. When you think about what it would take to bring down that beast of a man, mm-hmm. my gosh. If you're Sable, 
how terrifying would it be to like walk in a room and see him on the floor in pain? Like, there's nothing you could do. You can't like, you can't even prop him up. I don't think you could like lift Brock and put a pillow under his head. Probably not. Um, yeah, diverticulitis is no no joke. Um, it's not at all. My my wife's dad had it bad and had to have like part of his intestine removed and sewed back together. It's no, it's no joke. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's just funny because like to me, just looking at him, it screams that he's trying to pass these tests and he's going back to UFC. Like if he had no <laughs> intention of going back to UFC, he would not be in that pool. He would not be looking like that. Um, For sure, yeah. Like even and, if he, he, and he probably wouldn't have lost the belt to Roman Reigns either. He lost the title, and obviously, to me, that's a sign he's leaving too. Oh, I know. When I saw him lose the title, I just kind of looked at it and like I don't, I don't give a shit. I really don't. I just kind of looked at him and was like, wow, they're still trying this one, huh? Like, you can just see, like, everybody, there's just this feeling of us, like, ah, uh, okay. Oh, you yeah. mean with Roman winning? Yeah. It was just kind of no, like. I, I, I didn't care about that either. I just took it more as a sign that, fuck, he might fight again. He, he might really fight Cormier. Like, I, I never really believe it with him because I always think he's just going to go where the money is and take the best offer. But just looking at him, the fact he lost, the fact he got into the cage with Cormier, it's like, he might be really coming back. Oh, I think so. I mean, I I think getting in the cage like that, that's just Brock likes to play both sides, but that's really pushing it. Right. Uh, I mean, he showed up to that, that other fight and didn't end up coming. Remember he was cage side and the suit and everything. And then he decided he was going to stay with WWE and didn't go back. Um, he does this every year or two anyway, but I, I just, I don't believe it until there's like a fight announced, you know, when, when he announced that fight with Hunt on ESPN, I'm like, okay, now it's real. Um, but until then I, I, I don't totally buy it, but some of this is swaying me in that direction. Well, it's like that time when he was in the cage and then the undertaker was cage side and that nothing came of that either. <laughs> that was a good moment. That, that that was good. Um, what else is going on? Uh, oh, we got some up, upcoming fights announced here. Um, Weidman versus Rockhold at UFC 230 is official. Is that for a title? Uh, probably an interim, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's two middleweight fight. It might as well be for a title. Uh, we also have Tiago Santos stepping in for uh, the tall... Swedish guy to fight Jimmy Manoa. No, that was Glo- who fell out? Glover? Glover fell out of the Manoa fight. So it's uh, Tiago Santos versus Jimmy Manoa headlining uh, some show in Brazil on September 22nd. That's going to headline? I believe so. Man, this company just loves sticking it to people. That sounds like it's a headline in Chile. <laughs> And then we've also got some other big fights. I, I'm sure you've heard about um, Gray Maynard versus Nick Lentz at UFC 229. They should have fought each other already. I can't believe they both still fight. Is this going to be 145 pounds? I'm assuming 155. Lentz said he couldn't make 145 anymore a couple of years ago. Yeah, but just like Kayla Harrison, money talks. Especially with Nick Lentz. If I know Nick Lentz, he likes that those fat stacks of cash. And there's been a big fight added to UFC Moncton. Oh. Artem Lobov versus Zubaraya Tukagov. 
Whew, I've been waiting for Tuka to get off to come back or to debut. You know, yeah, that's gonna be a good fight. There is a UFC show this weekend. Really? Are you aware? Yeah, they've been on a, a bit of a sabbatical, but they're back this weekend. We have UFC Fight Night: Gaethje versus Vic. This is UFC Fight Night oh. number one. Uh, I'm not doing that. It's 35. Racist. It's racist of me to pretend like I have a harem of black people that work for me. They weren't, tra- even, they weren't even always black. You changed it up sometimes. But it did seem a little, um, what would the word be? Not, not woke. Oh, yeah. Or gay, you homophobe. Why has it got to be gay? And so what if it is gay? What usually, if you have a bunch of men um, tied up in your basement, there might be something sexual going on. I don't know. Might be. Might not be. Maybe we're just yeah, really. I, maybe we're just uh, working on. Yeah, yes. yeah. We're sailors. We're working I, on our knots. Not be so presumptuous. I don't right. know why you think there would be anything gay about a whole room full of semen. I just don't know why that would be weird to you. That was pretty basic uh yeah this show's in lincoln nebraska uh at the pinnacle bank arena on august 25th in the main event we've got justin gaethje versus james vick on fox sports one yeah this is a big fight for vick like a big step up like and he deserves it because isn't vick like 11 and one or some shit like one of those guys just like you look at his record like where did that come from the executioner is 10 and one 13 and 1 overall and 9 and 1 in the UFC. Wow. And he just had like a big win too. He beat Francisco Trinaldo, Joe Duffy, Polo Reyes, Abel Trujillo. Okay, maybe, maybe he didn't have a big one. Maybe he wants a big win. That's probably what I was thinking. He wants a big win. And he's going to try I, to I get feel it. Like, I feel like he was scheduled to fight somebody better, and they pulled out, and then he ended up getting Trinaldo instead. Yeah, maybe. Like yeah. He was scheduled to fight uh, Paul Felder. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah well, that's that a great fighter. Familiar. I mean, Paul Felder is a really good-looking man, and that would have been an honor for him. So he should be grateful that he didn't have to disappoint me by hurting Paul Felder. Gaethje's lost two straight, the Alvarez and Poirier fights, and has basically um, three fight-of-the-year contenders in a row here between Michael Johnson, Eddie Alvarez, and Dustin Poirier. I don't think um, he has much career left if he keeps fighting the way he does. Um, He takes a lot of damage and blocks punches with his face and body a lot. Um, so it's it's an interesting fight because it's a step up for Vic, like you said. And at the same time, if Gaethje loses three in a row and loses to James Vic, it's like I, I don't know where to go with Gaethje at that point. They yeah. both need this win. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna pick Vic to win because I don't think Gaethje is there. I don't like this guy that took a lot of punishment throughout his career before he got to the UFC. And when you get to the UFC, his style is so exciting and fun, but even his win over like Michael Johnson, oh my gosh, the punishment, yeah, the yeah. you know, and he takes, and now he's in there with the best of the best and they just hit harder and better. And, and we're seeing it add up. And these last two fights, the last three fights, really, they've been these incredible fights, but those are the things that fuck with you for life, let alone your next fight. And Vic, I think it's, 
I think Gaethje's just, I, I shouldn't say he's done and shot because he's still a hell of a fighter, obviously, and he's having these great fights and he can go a little bit. But, man, that kind of blood and gut stuff, that really, especially the way, the way he's been doing it, like he's real, like he's the real fucking deal. Like, that's a dude just going out there. He doesn't, he never, like, even Sorny plays it smart a little bit. Right. Gaethje actively puts himself in danger. He, um, it's like every fight he has is Cub Swanson versus Korean Superboy. Yeah. Every fight. Like, just fucking, like, gets rocked, gets backed up, gets rocked again. Just take, it's crazy. Um, I'll, I'll, the problem with Vic, I think he's going to have is Vic's reach. Vic is really long for, yeah. for lightweight. He's a big dude. I don't know if Gaethje's going to be able to get inside and do much. I feel like he's just going to get lit up on the outside. But... The, the one thing that he would he'll have though is that Vic, in my brain, is a grappler more than a striker. So yeah. Vic may want to close, may also want to close the distance. And yeah. you know, Gaethje is a. If there's one place where he excels, it's right there. Like, right. That's his game. You know, we get him in tight. Let him just throw throw damn hands like he's Braun Strowman, man. <laughs> His leg kicks are nasty too. He's won a lot of fights by like leg kick TKO. Yeah, he's he's got those leg kicks where it's not technique. It's just a a, a really strong athletic guy kicking as hard as he can. <laughs> In the co-main event, we've got Michael Johnson versus Andre Touchy Feely at featherweight. Ooh, that's interesting. Touchy Feely hasn't been around. What's he's kind of been missing it feels like he has won like some uh, small shit like low level like he beat artem lobov in october of last year and then he beat dennis bermudez by split decision in january so he's been off seven months yeah and honestly like, can you really blame me if i forgot an artem lobov fight uh, i think i should forgive him for that i think the uh, gallery here the seamen around would also agree do you remember uh, what happened after the Artem Lobov fight? That was the fight where Conor McGregor was talking to Lobov in the locker room and he called uh, Touchy Feely like a fag or something. Oh, that's right. And then he had issued like, the apology the next day. Like, you lost to a fag. It's like... <sighs> <laughs> no, I think he said that he fought like a fag. Yeah. Something like that. So How good. does that happen? Like, I, For a guy like me who clearly says a lot of dumb stuff... Yes. I never have accidents like that. You know, like I would never accidentally say fag. Like it's it's like one of those words like how would you say that on accident? That one's like it comes maybe it's just cuz I'm aware of when I'm being vulgar as a very prim and proper gentleman that I am. And uh I don't think it's prim or proper to use the I hate to, I don't want to say f word. We already have an f word. And this has always been the F word because it's the F word. It's the big daddy of all swears. Now we have like a new F word, and it's not. We we need some the 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 hate word. There, there we go. Hate word. It should be spelled with ph. That would there solve it. Yeah, pretty hot and gay. <laughs> hey, actually, that works. <laughs> uh, huh. Will can Michael Johnson win another fight, or is he all done? Uh, yeah, he can win another fight. Okay. I, will, I, he, I, will he on Saturday? Uh, he is maybe. Uh, maybe I. I think he one could. in five in his last six. Really? I swear to God. What was that one? Dustin Poirier. That's a good Go one. Figure. Yeah. Um, he's probably gonna lose, 
But Michael Johnson's fucking weird, man. He's got wins over Poirier and Edson Barboza. I know. You know what I mean? Like, like he's a real fuck? talent. Like when he shows up, he's got to win over Tony Ferguson too. Yeah, he's it... Tony Ferguson, <laughs> Dustin Poirier, and Edson Barboza. Like three top five lightweights. And they were like fighting ex- at one forty five, and he's losing to Darren Elkins by rear naked choke. And every what one of those, win- and all those wins for the most part is kind of like he won those fights. You yeah, know, like. No, Michael Johnson when he when it when it clicks, he's really good. He's super athletic. I mean, him 145 pounds seems really crazy because he had like those extra freaky long limbs at 55 right. that give guys so much trouble. And 45, I mean, what's he doing? What's what are you doing there, Michael Johnson? I think you're being silly. I don't think this is going to help your career. I think you should look in for a new line of work. You're going to lose to a guy. Uh, who is, you know, uh, pretty hot and gay. That's not good for your career. Uh, women's strawweight fight. We've got Courtney Casey versus Angela Hill. What state is this in? This is in the state of Nebraska. All right. If I'm Courtney Casey, I'm a little nervous. Just because any state that's not a normal commission state and that votes Republican, probably not the best place to be if you like to smoke cannabis. Um... Who's she fighting? Angela Hill. Oh, uh, oh, Angie Overkill. Uh, it's weird to say that that's like a step up for Courtney Casey, given that it's not like Angie's been in the UFC and she's been you know been in and out, but she's a real talent. So uh, on the feet, Angie wins. On the ground, Courtney wins. Okay. Uh, did you know Jake Ellenberger's still alive? He's fighting Brian Barberini uh, at welterweight in the UFC. Yes, on I Saturday. guess he is. He is from Nebraska, so that's fair. Jake Ellenberger, for uh, everyone's record here, has gone two and eight in his last ten. That seriously should be illegal. Two and eight. You should not be allowed to employ a man in the UFC and have him go two and eight. That's insane. <laughs> Like seriously, your fight promotion—you—you're. This is a real, real dangerous sport. People who are incompetent, and two and eight is incompetent. Shouldn't be doing it. I yeah, I I don't understand either. There's two wins were against Josh Koscheck and Matt Brown, two guys in their later thirties. Well, and get this, the losses. TKO Robbie Lawler, Uh-oh. knockout Stephen Thompson, TKO Jorge Masvidal, KO Mike Perry, TKO Ben Saunders. A lot Look, of knockouts in those eight losses. And for a guy that's always had a weird fighting style, you know, like here's a guy who's a wrestler by trade, but all he really does is stand and throw punches, and he's not that good at it. But he's really tough, but kind of stupid. He fights like he's stupid. Do you remember that fight? Wasn't there a fight where his foot got stuck in the cage or something? Was that him? Remember it was like in the yeah. edge of the cage and he there ended was up some... get... Yeah. Was it him? That was weird. That was a good one. I can't remember who it was against or if it was even him, but for some reason I've got that image of, of him having his fucking foot wedged in and he couldn't get out. Uh, at Flyweight, we've got John Moraga versus Davison Figueredo. Sure. I don't know who that is. Uh, former 
Fight Night headliner Eric Anders opens the show against Tim Williams. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, prelims, we've got James Krause. This is on Fox Sports 2, by the way. James yeah, Krause nobody's going to watch that shit. Warley Alves, Yuri Alcantara versus Corey Sandhagen, Andrew Sanchez versus Marcus Perez, and friend of halfguarded.com, Mickey Gall versus George Sullivan. Opens Fox Sports 2 prelim card. Oh, poor Mickey Gall. He's really fallen. He's only got the one loss. I know. That's just kind of weird. Like, I don't know what they didn't like him or they thought he's too big for his britches or uh, maybe he's a racist. We don't hear about it. Then. Yeah, he's uh, four and one coming okay. off a decision loss to Randy Brown last November. He hasn't fought in almost 10 months. Well, I wish him the best of luck. The uh, Is he the only re- – he might be the only repeat guest we've ever had. Maybe. Yeah. You don't think um, Dan Severn will be back? Uh, he actually probably would do it again, and he probably wouldn't remember it at all, so I don't know if it would count. Mickey Gall at least remembered who I was. <laughs> uh, on Fight Pass, you've got Joanne Calderwood versus Kalindra Faria. Drew Benjamin Dober versus John Tuck. And Ronnie Yaya versus Luke Sanders. This feels like it should be a card in Brazil. Well, I think Not, it's too late to move it there. Well, Brazil, Nebraska. Eh, six of one, half dozen of the other. Uh, in stuff news, uh, we touched on this a couple months ago again, but uh, apparently Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson is set for November 23rd, the day after Thanksgiving. For a $9 million pay-per-view match play event. This is weird. It really is. But it's totally like the time we live in right now. Like, to me, it's kind of cool, to be totally honest. Uh, Woods and Mickelson took to Twitter on Wednesday afternoon to announce their much-discussed winner-take-all match uh, for Thanksgiving weekend. Turner Sports will produce the pay-per-view telecast of the event which will offer $9 million to the winner and will be played Friday, November 23rd in Las Vegas. I like, I like everything about this except for the pay-per-view part. Okay. I just, I don't, first of all, I don't, I think pay-per-view is kind of like a dead medium unless, unless you are like the UFC, like where it's kind of established, like people aren't tuning into pay-per-views. It, it just, you know, you don't hear about like special attractions you pay for and things like that. It feels like we've moved away from that, ironically enough, towards pay channels like Netflix, but whatever. Um, also, something like the money aspect of it is kind of weird. For, why is it $9 million instead of 10 And I get that Mickelson maybe needs the money, but it feels kind of weird like they need the money. Like, what are they doing? If this was just like they're going to play the day after Thanksgiving on ABC, that would be really cool. Like, that'd be like a neat tradition you could start. I'd really get into like, eh, I don't want to go to the fucking mall. I don't really want to watch fucking golf either, but. Nicholson said the format would be match play and details are being worked out that would allow for val- various challenges during the match, such as longest drive, closest to the hole, longest putt, and closest out of a bunker. The Westgate Superbook in Vegas has Woods at minus 180 to win the event outright with Mickelson at plus 150. 
The event will be televised on pay-per-view by Turner's BR Live platform in addition to DirecTV and AT&T U-verse. Pricing has not been set. Yeah, there's something weird going on with the Turner and Bleacher Report. Like, Bleacher Report is associated and covering all of their soccer coverage. They, they, Turner now has some of the Champions League, but it's all sponsored or something by Bleacher Report. But they're using Kate Abdo as their talking head host. But she's usually with Fox Sports. So I don't really know what's going on. And honestly, as a man of, uh, of rigorous intellectual uh, pursuit, it bothers me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Someone has to be. <laughs> um, in other news, uh, this is a Chicago land story I, I think you're aware of. Uh, a Glendale Heights tow truck driver oh, charged yeah. after towing pizza delivery car with child inside. Read the fucking lead of that one. An 11-year-old boy with Down syndrome was inside a vehicle that was towed while his father delivered a pizza to a mosque in West Suburban Glendale Heights Friday afternoon, according to the delivery man. I was just fucking. I've been in Glendale Heights like two times this week. It's weird. John Ramsen said he went to the. MSI Masid in the 1700 block of Bloomingdale Road at about 1 p.m. to deliver pizzas from Papa John's, which he does every week. Every Friday, I bring the pizza, he said. With nowhere to park before afternoon prayers, Ramzan pulled up alongside a neighboring parking lot curb. He said he left his 11-year-old son Faraz in the vehicle while he went inside. My son was sitting back, and I give him the phone. I go, stay here, and I'll be two minutes. When he came out, his car was gone, and people outside told him a tow truck driver hooked it up and towed it away. That'd be a bit of a surprise. You're gonna, you're definitely getting yelled at by the wife for that one. <laughs> I saw that the tow truck at lightning speed coming in reverse basically hooked up this car, said Iqbal Ahmad, witness. I ran to the driver's side and bang on the window and yell, there's a kid in that car. But he took off from the parking lot. All of a sudden, I saw the kid in the back, so I turned to the police officer who was there. I told him, look, there's a kid inside the car. He is towing the car. I saw the child. He was trying to scream and wave, said Arshad Mohammed. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I, I, Muslims eat pizza on Fridays. I didn't see that coming. It's like there's so much about like everybody in this story. Well, not everybody. It's like I guess like the regular like Muslims at the the, the the mosque are okay, but like the tow truck guy's a dickhead. This guy on some level is a dickhead because like I get that people are poor and sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, but like you left your mentally challenged son in a car, and I like that he said it was two minutes. There's no way a car gets towed in two minutes. Yeah, there's there's something really weird about that too. Like also, like he did, he left the car running. I'm guessing because like to tow a car, you gotta like put it in neutral and shit, mm-hmm. and like we don't have like, to. But well, usually it's not like a quick thing. Every time I've had to get my tow- car towed, it like takes like ten fifteen minutes while they're fucking around. Um, yeah, yeah. No, there's something more to this. Panicked in the back of the car, hitched to a moving tow truck, Faraz was helpless. He has Down syndrome and is not verbal. But he did have his dad's phone. He tried to text his mom. 
because when she called, he knows it's his mom on the phone. He was crying. He could not say anything. And the guy was yelling, get out of the car, get out of the car and stand over there. Ramzan said, police said the driver let Faraz out in a bank parking lot and kept going with his dad's car. A good Samaritan saw the unattended boy and took him back to the mosque where he was reunited with his father. Police said he was not harmed. So the tow truck driver saw that he towed a car with a kid in it, threw the kid out of the car in a parking lot, who knows how far away, and then kept taking the car. How oblivious is this guy to the fact that there was a human being in the car? How do you miss right. that? But when you realize it, you just drop them off somewhere and don't bring them back. And then you keep the car and keep taking it to the tow, the fucking, I don't even know where, the impound place you get your car taken to. What is that place called? The junkyard? <laughs> the impound? I don't know. I usually don't get my car towed. I don't know. That's true. I don't know. Like, I know you got to go somewhere and bring money to get your car out. Like, I've seen it in the movies, but I, I don't actually know what that process is like. I'm sure it's a pain in the ass. That's true. Like, my car's never been – I mean, I've had my car towed to a dealership, but it's never been, been towed away due to my ill behavior. But, yeah, there's way more going on here. But um, I will say, I guess – Maybe the Democrats have a point and we need to abolish ICE because this is getting weird. <laughs> um, the driver identified by police is 52-year-old Brian Clark. I don't think he's the wrestler. Was charged with endangerment. That wrestler might be dead anyway. Probably. Uh, was charged with endangerment of a child in reckless conduct. He was released on bond for... Are you using a lighter right now? No. Maybe. Okay. Interesting. You're you're having a hard time with it. Oh, I'm just taking multiple hits. Okay. I thought you were were a vapor. I'm actually pretty much almost done with vaping now. I kind of got out of it in the past couple of weeks. What's the benefit to your traditional lighter? Uh, just different type of hit. Interesting. Um, cheaper. Okay. All right, you're being I, economical. I also tend to do smoke less this way. So. It's more work? Pretty much, yeah. I, I go out of my way to make it difficult for me. Like I try to like not make flour easy to use. <laughs> ABC7 Eyewitness News reached out to Century Towing for comment. The man who answered the phone said, if in fact there was a child left in the car and no one was around, why was the father who left a child in the car not charged with child endangerment? Good comeback on their part. Hey, it's a, it's a good question. Like, there's a lot of people, like, all of the adults in this story are really bad adults. Like, I, again, I'm very sympathetic and I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to say the father's a bad adult. He could be a bad adult. He's got a lot of signs and markings that we associate with being a bad adult. <laughs> maybe he's just struggling. Maybe he was just two minutes. Maybe there's more to this or some personal vendetta. Maybe this tow truck guy he just has a reputation. He likes, to, he likes to go around just towing cars to jack up his fees. Or maybe he just hates Muslims, which really could easily be the story. Although I feel like we would have heard more about that in the story. Like the, the, the Islamic angle... Isn't doesn't seem to be like a big part of the story. Like it's just treated like a, you know like a regular church, which we should strive to do, but we sometimes fall short of. Um, are, are you looking for work right now? Sure. 
in Minneapolis, they're offering fraternity leave as the latest work perk for employees at a marketing company in Minnesota. People who are adding a fur baby to their family are getting a benefit similar to maternity and paternity leave at Nina Hale, a digital marketing firm in Minneapolis. Families come in all different shapes and sizes, as do new babies in a household. Allison McMenamin, uh, Executive Vice President of Client Services at Nina Hale, said, We want to celebrate our diverse workforce by making sure there are policies that enable everyone to support their definition of family. The new policy came about after Connor McCarthy, a senior account manager, wanted flexibility with his schedule after bringing home a golden doodle puppy. Look, if that's what they got to do to get talent, so be it. If, if they are in, in an industry where that is valued by their employees and they think it makes sense, all right. Um, I... How long guess, do you think this will be? How long do you think it'll be before this is law in San Francisco? Oh, I can't believe it's not already. I mean, seriously. I mean, come on. It's look. I mean, I could, there is something to be said for the fact that uh, we give this maternity leave bullshit. Like these women are getting all this time off. Why? Just because they have a kid. I don't so because I don't have a kid, I don't get to just take a couple months off every once in a while. That's not fair. And what if I want to have my dog? Like Sam here, he's really enjoyed having me around the house the past couple of days. I bet he'd like to have some more time with me. I could take fraternity leave, or it sounds like it's something that you would offer to entice date rapists to work for you. <laughs> the new fraternity policy lets people <laughs> with a good. new pet. That's pretty good. From- it was one of your better ones, but I don't know if that says a lot. Yeah, the new fraternity policy lets people with a new pet work from home for one week and does not apply to pets that live in a cage or tank. Well, now again, we're discriminating. I mean, I can't sit there and tap on the glass of my fishy. No. I'm sorry. Um, who is this for? Are we? All right. Look, I was actually kind of with them when I thought it was like for the benefit of me the employee like hey i want to encourage employees this sounds like they 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 really think that the dogs need this like people are aware of dogs right like they know how dogs are like they'll be all right like your pet fish and your pet dog if i'm your co-worker if you're taking a week off i don't really give a shit why you know if you need to spend time with your you know exotic you know Gupper, guppy or grouper maybe that you uh, imported from Taiwan. Sure. Uh, so be it. If it makes you happy, can't be that bad. What do you think of people who have like snakes for a pet? I think they're weird. That's not yeah. a pet. I, first of all, I don't really understand people who have non-traditional animals as pets. I barely even understand cats as a pet. <laughs> like I kind of get cats. Like they're kind of fuzzy and you can pet them and they're kind of domesticated. But they're kind of dicks. Dogs make sense. Dogs worship you. They make you feel good. They're lovely. They protect you. They're soft. They're great animals. Cats kind of like that. Anything else is kind of like I don't really know what you're doing. Like you, it's kind of cruel. You know, have like any any animal where their natural existence would be in, to be in the wild feels mean. Like dogs are not wild animals. Like they want to be. They need to be around them. But like a gerbil and hamsters, I I assume those exist in the wild. 
I'm surprised we haven't managed to breed some sort of like super pet yet. It's coming. I know, but I there's some what rich guys. Be. There's some there's some of those rich guys with some weird lion, tiger, hyena, threesome animal. And I'm sure that you know, you think Jeffrey Bezos doesn't have some some weird animal somewhere. Like I bet that guy's got a whole zoo full of shit you didn't even know existed. Remember John Jones had that weird cat thing that was like half like cheetah or something? Yeah, why would anybody do that? Why do people buy things that they can't use? What the, like seriously, like like it'd be like these people that buy like a thousand cars, they got all this money. It's like you can't even drive them. Right. Like it's a car. It should, if you buy a car, it should be something to drive. If you have a pet, if you buy an animal, it better better be either to pet it or to eat it. Not to just keep in a cage and look at it. What the fuck? I guess watch it on TV and I could run around and do things. Hmm. Buy a zoo if you really want something. A man has been arrested after allegedly attacking a woman with a biscuit in Nashville, Tennessee. An affidavit from Metro Nashville police said officers were called to 2301 Murfreesboro Pike on August 19th in response to a domestic disturbance. Google Maps search shows a BP gas station at that address. A woman told police that she was in the backseat of her boyfriend's car when the suspect threw a biscuit that hit her in the face. The victim reported being in pain after the incident. I'm guessing so, the biscuit was stale? Uh, sounds to me like she's got a butterface. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote that one down and everything. Good. I, I, I've been glad. prepared for it. I've been waiting all day for it. Very mm. pleased with myself. Uh, what do you think's better to be a butterface or a butterfingers? Probably depends on your job. Like if I'm a surgeon, butterface. If I'm somebody that, you know, wants to have sex in life, butterfingers. Interesting. When they left the area, the suspect allegedly charged after her and punched the hood of the car, leaving a large dent. He then yelled, I'll kill you, motherfucker. The victim said she was very much in fear and believed she would have been hurt had her boyfriend and another person not intervened. Police later arrested Jeffrey L. Tomerlin on a charge of public intoxication. <gasps> Officers said he smelled of alcohol and his level of intoxication was so high that he may have been in danger of himself. I can't believe this guy was drunk. Wow. I mean, next thing you're going to tell me, there may have been some remnants and trace leftovers of some drugs in the system also. I mean, Plot wow. twist. Yeah. It's just unheard of she's lucky though she's right if if somebody hadn't been there or maybe if uh you know the pep- local pepperidge farms had closed for the evening anything could have happened to her she could have just been killed the affidavit also said he was an unreasonable annoyance to people in the area i think that's fair to say when you're throwing pastries at people you're an unreasonable annoyance would you call them Biscuit a pastry? No, I wouldn't at all, but I use the word pastry, and I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> okay. Baked good seems more fitting. Yeah, something. Sure, sure. To me, a pastry has to be kind of sweet. I agree. Like a Danish. I picture a Danish when you say Yeah, pastry. like honestly, I wouldn't even call a donut a pastry. Yeah, it has to be sugary with some sort of glaze. It depends on the donut. Yeah. Picture Danish. Yeah. Maybe like a croissant. 
Nah, it would be it would, it would be found in a patisserie. But it's not really a pastry. Like a pastry feels like it's just like a pastry should essentially be breakfast scones. Yeah, that'd Scone. be a pastry. Like it's basically okay. just breakfast dessert. Gotcha. Uh, but not like a waffle. No, that's definitely not pastry. You got a pastry has to be eaten by their their hands. Tomerlin was eventually taken to an area hospital because police said he kept banging his head on the patrol car windows. Well, it was either that or they poked him in the stomach and went, <sighs> Has this ever happened to you? Probably. Have you ever been to a barbecue? Yes. Uh, police in Virginia say a 13-year-old boy lit another teen on fire during the dispute about who would get to light the charcoal for a cookout. Newport- well, clearly one of the kids had a much better argument. Newport News police spokesman Randall Bailey tells news, outlet- news outlets responders found a 14-year-old boy with burns to his torso and arms. Police say the two boys had been dropped off at the park to cook a meal using the picnic shelter grill, but got into a fight about lighting responsibilities. Bailey says the younger boy doused the 14-year-old with lighter fluid and ignited his clothes. The victim victim suffered third-degree burns to 15% of his body and was hospitalized. His current condition hasn't been reported. The 13-year-old is charged with causing malicious bodily injury by use of fire. When they asked the 13 year old, all he responded was, I just want to go watch WrestleMania. <laughs> that kid should not be in jail still, by the way. <laughs> like, what the hell? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a crazy world out there. It is. This story caught my eye, too. It seemed a little crazy. Uh, <laughs> this is. This guy's going up for father of the year. A Texas dad accused of nearly beating his baby girl to death was allegedly punishing her for falling while learning to walk, according to officials. Anthony Williams of El Paso remained in custody Tuesday for allegedly causing life-threatening injuries to his one-year-old daughter. Police said they responded to a family violence call at Williams' home Friday morning and found the baby unresponsive. The little girl was then brought to University Medical Center for treatment. The 27-year-old reportedly told police that he struck the baby multiple times because she kept falling while he was teaching her to walk. What, you know, I didn't read the story, and I'm sure there's probably more to it. But what surprises me is that, and I'm, I'm guessing that this is not his first kid. This is my hunch. This is not his first child. So he's probably done this before. Okay. I just I assume that anybody whose parenting skills when their child is trying to walk are I'm going to hit the kid doesn't know enough to ever pull out or use protection or not get somebody pregnant. So I, I'm sure he's got other children. So he should know how this works by now. Like they crawl and then they walk. In fact, there's like a whole thing like you got to crawl before you can walk and walk before you can run. But that's yeah. like that's how it happens. Like we're all aware of what babies do. Like babies have what I think what. Three, three major milestones. Okay. First, when they can talk, when they can walk, and when they learn how to shit and piss in the proper place. <laughs> yeah, those are big. I, I, I agree with those. That's like accurate. I, like I don't know, I don't know a ton about babies, but that does seem like that's the one thing that everybody talks about. And so, like, if you're not aware that this is one of the things that babies do, 
I don't really know what else you know about babies. Also, I feel like if you see a baby trying to walk and you want to beat the baby for trying to walk, actually forget if it's a baby. If you see any human being struggling to do something as simple as walking and your, your first thought is, well, that guy over there is struggling to walk. I'm going to go punch him. You really don't have very good social skills. Anthony Jeselnik has a really good joke about um, like a mom and I can't remember how it goes. I shouldn't even be doing this because I can't, I don't know the premise. Or the well done. <laughs> well, well done. Like I can't really tell this joke because I don't really know this joke. No, but it's something to the fact that like the way you said it reminded me of it. Like it, it's something like, um, it did have a like oh she yeah. she the, there was a drowned baby in a bathtub yeah. <laughs> and um the, there's two things you don't know about and one of them's not you don't know how to give a baby a bath or some something like that and you definitely don't know how to wash a baby yeah. um but I, I forget how it actually goes but what you said just made me think of it and whatever um so yeah for me like it's never even crossed my mind to hit my kids like it's just weird to me that's weird because it's crossed my mind to hit your kids here's the thing like i I don't get what that would teach teach you not to let me around your kids no teach them like what 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 do they get out of getting hit like i I don't understand the benefit of that it teaches kids to hit you know what i mean i'm not going to hit my kids because i don't want them hitting other people or thinking like that's how you solve a problem is by hitting somebody um and this guy's hitting a one-year-old who probably can't even really talk yet. Like, this guy's fucked up. Yeah, I'm guessing he's on drugs. <laughs> Maybe. That, that could be. This feels like a meth action. Except for yeah. the guy who's black from what I remember. And black people aren't usually meth heads. You know, like, meth is more of a white trash. You know, you, you shouldn't stereotype like that. I'm not saying that black guys can't do it, all right? Like, I accept that black people have every bit the right... Govern, guaranteed by our co- great constitution to fuck themselves up with meth. I'm just saying that as a people, they tend to be smart enough not to do it. Crack, however. Georgia police <laughs> are in I can't even tell this story. Nearly $100,000 worth of ramen noodles have been stolen. Yeah, I heard about the story. That's a lot of ramen. I was, imp- I was impressed as fuck because, I mean, who has the knowledge and the ability and, and the, the know-how to steal what, what do you got to figure, $100,000 for ramen, like 37 pickup trucks, like big rig <laughs> trucks full of stuff? A 53-foot trailer containing nearly $100,000 worth of ramen noodles was stolen in Georgia, according to police. The victim reported the theft to police, saying he had left the tractor trailer loaded with $98,000 worth of ramen noodles in Fayette County, Georgia, between July 25th and August 1st. When he returned, the white 2004 Stoughton trailer was gone, noodles and all. Lieutenant Alan Stevens of the Fayette County Sheriff's Office confirmed the heist, saying the incident happened at a Chevron. The publication reports the brand of noodles was not specified in a police, resp- in a police report. I didn't know there were multiple brands. Yeah, there's like uh, Maturin and there, there's a few. Uh, ramen noodles can, re- can retail for 29 cents per pack, less when bought in bulk. At this price point, <laughs> thieves could have stolen more than 300,000 packages of noodles, 
However, some ramen brands can cost more than a dollar per pack. I like that we just had thieves steal enough food to basically feed half of Africa. And it's just sitting in a fucking van at a Chevron. How disappointed I, was that guy? Like, you steal this, this truck. You're like, looking. you're like, I got a score, man. This is a big one. You get back to the place you open up and just all this ramen noodle just falls out on top of you. You got to be like, are you fucking kidding me? What, <laughs> what am I, I going to do with this? Yeah, like, I can't eat this shit. I can't sell it. There's no black market for ramen noodles. Like, what are you, are you going to, like, undercut the store? Oh, yeah? Uh, 29 cents? I'll give it to you for a quarter. Like, Really? That's um, but 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 yes. you could take the ramen noodles, yes. and then sell it to a prison in Texas. <laughs> you could, you could. I feel, yeah, Texas is more into uh, fajitas, I think, though. Whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa! Back up with the racism here. All right. <laughs> uh, is there any? Oh, and lastly, I, I thought you would appreciate this story, uh, knowing your background as I do. Anchorage police are lo- looking for a man who dumped fish heads in woods near an elementary school. The perpetrator won't have to clean up, though. A grizzly bear took care of it. The fish dumper, however, faces a fine of $300 for discarding garbage that attracts animals. Alaska families regularly catch dozens of salmon and are urged to properly dispose of fish parts in fast-moving rivers, ocean waters, or regular garbage disposal. Uh, A summer school host spotted a man and a boy on an all-terrain vehicle with coolers. The host found the fish heads behind the school, but they were gone a day later. The host said a bear seen earlier likely cleaned up the fish. Like, sometimes I have to make sure that the lid's on top tight for the garbage so the raccoons don't get in mm-hmm. feels like it'd be a different different stakes if i was worried about a, a bear coming by and eating these however if bears did do this regularly where i live i would just be buying fish heads all the time yeah you're a big bear fan oh my gosh i would just be littering the yard with, <laughs> with fish heads it would smell awful but it would be so cool the one thing the I like about the one thing I like about this story is that, granted, like the Earth is a big place, but like Alaska is like part of the United States, and that seems like so distant to me. And I know geographically well, yeah. <laughs> Alaska is far away, but it's still like part of this country. And the fact that there's like people throwing around fish heads and bears come and clean it up, and it's not like that big a deal. Like, the reason this is a story is because it's so foreign to 98% of the country that this would never happen. That's why it's a story. Shit like this probably happens in Alaska all the time. But, like, the world's cool. Like, shit like this I I find interesting because to them, this is normal. There's bears around. We're catching salmon. We're throwing the heads. Fuck it. But to me, it's like I've never caught a salmon in my life, and I've never seen a bear in my life either. It's funny because, uh, well, obviously this isn't anything I deal with on a day, daily basis. Um, I'm actually, I, I've kind of done this like up in Minnesota and stuff. Like we're kind of aware of, t- you keep track of your garbage. You make sure you don't leave garbage out. All your garbage has to be inside the cabin at all times. You never leave anything out because actually bears do come around. 
It's uh, it's a real thing. And frankly, we humans should get the fuck out of the way. It's their place first. And they have more of a right to it because they're cooler. That's how it uh, works, by the way. What uh, do you mean? This whole indigenous people thing that they go on with the Indians and the Jews and all this stuff. No, 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 no. The only thing that matters is who is cooler. If you're cooler, you get the you get the land. That's nobody ever talks about that, but that that's you're exactly saying it's whoever has the best weapons gets the land. I just said it's whoever's cooler. I didn't mis- <laughs> I didn't stutter. Yeah. I, I guess so. I mean, I mean, apparently, all right. I, I think that's all I've got for this week. Is there anything we're missing? Stories, things you want to discuss? You haven't done a show in a while. It's been one week I took off. That's a long time for you. Yeah, I've been talking a lot, though, off, off air. You know, I just walk around the city just chatting to people a lot, just talking about being like, uh, so uh, what do you think about Conor McGregor? Yeah? Yeah? You hate him? <laughs> Racist? So, yeah, that's uh, all I've been up to. Sounds great. Anything to look forward to on Half Guarded? Not anything I can announce or talk about, but I do have some cool things like percolating. <laughs> Very mysterious. So right now, people could listen to MMA and stuff on halfguarded.com. And we we think we're good to go on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. We should be on everything now. Yeah. Starting with this this episode starting, should be everywhere. Yeah. Okay. And for future reference, we got to keep these things at under two hours. So we're going to keep them moving from now on. We're not going to get too hung up. And... uh, Hopefully, uh, we can get up to six or seven full-time listeners. Yeah, you never know. We, with a little bit of luck and uh, a lot of luck, yeah, we could. <laughs> Thank a you lot. for listening. It'll take a lot of luck. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not skill. No. I mean, look at Ali Abdelaziz. Oh, yeah, no, clearly it's it's either luck or a willingness to be a horrible human being. Luckily, I've got both those in spades. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye.